Welcome to The Artemisian. Today, I'm joined in conversation with Maria Nazdravan, a trainee integrative transpersonal and trauma psychotherapist and the host of DreamWork Circle. Later this month on Sunday, August 20th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be co-teaching a class on dreams and the shadow with Maria. Today, we'll chat a bit about her monthly DreamWork Circle, the nature of the shadow, and what we'll be covering in this month's event. Welcome, Maria. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure, and I'm really excited for us to chat today a little bit about this event um, and also dive into the nature of your work and what brought you to creating DreamWork Circle. So I'd love you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, it was drugs. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the one word answer is drugs. Um, the long story, I think, is more relevant. I, yeah, I am Maria Hi. I was a creative in advertising for most of my life for 10 years. And I enjoyed that. It was fun. But I think just generally over the last few years in advertising, I just felt really disconnected from the work. And I think that was a reflection of being disconnected from myself, really. And I was in therapy. And it was this weird coincidence where somewhere in my last year of advertising, I started doing therapy quite intensely and yoga daily and meditation very intensely. And then I started working with psychedelics therapeutically. And that's the drugs part. <laughs> Um, and that launched me into a spiritual emergency. Mm. It was really intense. And I now when I look back, I think it's crazy because in, in the space of a few months, my whole view of everything changed drastically. Yeah. yeah. And that was, yeah, it was terrifying. And I went from like an atheist who was a bit arrogant and very sure about what I what I knew about the world and how things are to oh my god <laughs> nothing that i knew was real there might be a god but i don't think it's what i thought god was and i don't know what i am and yeah yeah so a huge I, paradigm I was, shift yeah yeah enormous and mm -hmm. kind of becoming embodied for the first time and becoming aware i had very very transpersonal experiences with psychedelics a lot of people have more you know personal biographical mine were all concerned with the nature of consciousness and non-duality which is was something that I was curious about but I had no way to integrate them and understand them so it was yeah it, it ended up being such an intense process that I kind of was forced to quit um, my body couldn't take it anymore and go away and retrain and I started quite gently my my initial plan was to retrain as a psychedelic kind of guide and that led me to Jung, which was how it kind of all started, because Jung was the first writer ever that I was like, oh, this is what I experienced. And he wrote so articulately about these weird things that I had gone through and the collective unconscious suddenly made sense to me. The archetypes I had met, it explained so many of my even biographical, you know, experiences with my parents. Um, and from then, I think I started to really listen to my dreams as well and understand them and be curious about my inner world in a way that I had never been before and it's quite interesting that I I within a year of doing this I was like no I'm not going to be a psychedelic guide I want to become a psychotherapist and I want a real training and I enrolled in this four-year training as a transpersonal integrative psychotherapist and what I ended up kind of doing was trying to make myself into the 
person I needed going through this uh, because I found it really hard to find someone who understood my weird experiences, my weird spiritual experiences, and hold me through the enormous trauma release stuff that I was going through at the time. So I trained in trauma uh, body work uh, with sensory motor psychotherapy. And then I wanted this transpersonal training that I'm doing, which is very much Jungian, but also involved with psychodynamics and a more fuller kind of picture. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to create myself into, in a way, it's very self-serving because it's helping me understand myself. But I, I do believe it's something that's needed um, in the world as well. So I think that's kind of how I got here now. And in the end, I just became so in love with it. And it's it's so fascinating. But one of my one of my final psychedelic, big psychedelic experiences was actually <laughs> I was giggling throughout it because I was um, I, I had this experience that I was consciousness and I was I said, oh, and I'm writing all these books and then I'm writing them so that I can find them and read them and I can remember and it's genuinely how I felt retraining every book that moves me, everything that I've discovered and really kind of end up teaching now. I felt it felt like a remembering. It's such a weird experience of like, I know this in my body somehow. And now I got the intellectual understanding of it. Yeah, that's powerful. It 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 seems like a, an extremely embodied way to tap into the collective unconscious where we often talk about that more through the archetypal side, which is more about the image or the manifestation through myth or through dreams. And we find those aspects of our uh, collective history in nature. Um, and we feel this resonance, right, in a mythology, for example. But to feel like this kind of inner remembering um, feels like the, a really gentle but also natural way for that uh, that path of coming home to maybe the truest form of self for it to present to you. I, I agree. I definitely think it's something of a wholeness kind of yeah. process going on, whether this was what I was meant to do. And it's quite funny because I'm quite an intellectual person. I'm someone who I was in my head mm -hmm. my whole life. Yeah. Um, and it's surprising that this process came through my body. <laughs> and now I'm kind of completing it through the intellect side. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is probably a compensation that a lot of people experience when they are too in the mind space, um, too disconnected from the body. I think even those who might not describe themselves uh, classically as intellectuals, but are really in the emotional feeling space might still be dissociated from the body. And I think I've had a similar road where the body became the catalyst for the shifting and the changing and it grounds you but also sort of reveals where all these um, instabilities are and um, you might not think that working with dreams can get you into the body but I think actually it's a a profound entry point to, to get into the somatic layer and to connect it to that more image side of the psyche. And, and together, those act as such a, a beautiful balance that can facilitate growth and healing and individuation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think we're, you're a feeling type, right? And I'm a mm -hmm. thinking type more. Mm -hmm. So we're both rational types, but then the unconscious comes in through through that part, through the sensate. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm 
way too intuitive for my own good. And so being <laughs> disconnected from the body is uh, very, it's just how I've been, I think, since I was a child, very clumsy, not aware of my surroundings, very just in the imaginal realm. And I think that when that happens, the 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 unconscious does speak or manifest very much in the sensate space in a way that grabs your attention and forces you to slow down and to pay attention and to notice symptoms or to notice where it's trying to guide you. And I think creating that bridge through the image side, through dreams or active imagination to me has felt so healing because I've been pretty disconnected from the sensate realm, more in the intuitive space and dreams, they don't just have to be about working with an image, interpreting the image, staying only kind of up high in that realm, you can bridge it and uh, really use it as this ability to connect to these different layers um, of experience. And um, I think this would be a great opportunity just to talk a little bit more about DreamWorks Circle and how that came to be and, and what it's been like so far. Yeah, thank you for that prompt. Um, so DreamWorks Circle is now, it's a membership, it's a community, it's a space. It's now in its fourth month, so it's quite new. I had this idea about a year ago that I wanted to create a space, something that would be called the symbolic life, where people would come in and learn how to live the symbolic life. Um, but it felt too hazy and hard to articulate. And kind of a year later, it articulated itself. And okay, I want I want to create a safe and creative space where people can learn about dreams, their own dreams, and how to work with them not in just this interpretative way, but that too, the intellectual side, um, but also in other ways, because there are so many ways to work with dreams, as as you know. Um, and I, and it was a way for me, for me to feel less lonely in a way, because I do work with my dreams. I dream a lot. I have three or four years of dream journals now. Um, and I wanted to connect with people who are also super fascinated by their inner worlds and these strange dramas that we go through every night um so i was really happy because that community started forming quite quickly um initially with with quite a quite a few people who were really interested in dreams which was fascinating um and now i've just moved this community to mighty networks which is built it's a platform that is specifically designed for community so it's a bit easier to navigate it um but yeah, the whole purpose of it is is really to create a safe space. I, I'm really, I'm trauma trained, but I'm really, I know that dreams can bring, bring up traumas and it's not always safe to work with all dreams in the same way. So I want it to be super safe for people, um, but also fun and playful because it is the imaginal. It is this space that is fantastic and incredibly creative. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I'm getting there. I am curious to know, um, since it's been going on for a couple of months now, and I imagine there has been a continuity of membership and individuals participating, what is the the growth, not only of the community dynamic, but the way that that might be impacting individuals' dreams or the way that um, people bring in different um, interpretations or offerings, points of view? Because one thing that I feel that... Um, I've gleaned from a DreamWorks circle, which I've, I have not had the opportunity to participate in one myself, but my understanding is that 
the more people come together, the more there's that sense of continuity, the, the, the kind of unconscious dynamics that are flowing between everyone really starts to grow and shift and change. And sometimes people start having similar dreams. Um, sometimes things get brought up by another person that just really seems to unlock something else, or it's just sort of the container of coming together in community that creates something pretty profound. And so I'm curious if you've started to just notice the seeds of that forming in your dream work circle. Yeah. And it's so strange and <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. It was really interesting because the first, after the first, um, part the first circle we ever had which was uh, a circle where I just taught the art of dream work like the basics for people and I did say what's your dreams tonight yeah. um, and quite a few members actually had dreams of birth or pregnancy okay right after that it's yeah. like okay and it was kind of signaling to them and to us that they are in the right place and maybe their process is starting in a very new way and I don't know if everyone, but a lot of the people are already in therapy, but they weren't working with dreams there. Mm -hmm. So this is adding that kind of extra layer of the unconscious in a yeah. creative way. And so this was one interesting coincidence. And there were quite a few dreams of, around that time, around babies, pregnancies, and how those were working out or not, yeah. like where that process is arrested. And another really fun a coincidence was a dreamer posted a dream and there was um there was a man uh, a masculine figure in it and then a few weeks later I or like a week later I was in Greece and I took this picture of a man like a builder who was restoring this um this site and she saw it and she was like that's the man from my dream and it was just this strange synchronicity of yeah why is he here and <laughs> we made this joke that I'm going to go and beat him up. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the processes are are definitely manifesting. And I think it's seen beautifully, maybe not at this level of um, the world's kind of the unconscious showing up in other people's dreams. But when we come together in the practice circles where we work together on dreams, it's so wonderful to see how people say, oh, I've had this dream or I've had this image and this is how I work with it. And it sparks the other person's process. Yeah. Um, so I love that that side of it. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the structure of DreamWork Circle and how you're building the community? Mm -hmm. um, so it's still evolving and that's because it's the first time I'm doing this and I'm kind of figuring things out as I go, which I think is nice because it makes it flexible. But the structure generally of DreamWorks Circle is that every month we meet twice. So one time we meet for an hour and a half to do a class, really, which is a workshop on a specific aspect of DreamWork. So for for example, the first time we did a general introduction to DreamWork, then we talked about alchemy in another um, class, then we did animals, we had the inner child last to just two weeks ago. Uh, obviously, we're doing the shadow together. So that's one aspect of it. And the other is we also meet two weeks later for a practice circle where, yeah, people bring their dreams and we work together on them, either through associations together, or we might do a bit of an embodied or a psychodrama or something else that comes out of that. So, yeah, learning, practicing. And then um, depending on what tier people are in, obviously that gets a bit more refined. So there are three tiers to DreamWorks Circle. And I really wanted to have a really accessible tier for someone who maybe is very new to the practice and doesn't write their dreams down, but they're 
they want to just contact this practice and start it. And that's just the, for five pounds a month, it's called the visionary. And it just, it's a bunch of resources and articles that I write that are, have very practical information on dream work. Um, and then for people who are a bit more involved with their dreams, there are two other tiers and that's the visionary and the alchemist. And these are the ones that have access to the classes and the workshops. Um, and in, in both of them, you get access to all the whole history of recorded classes. So it's not just the monthly one. And yeah, in the visionary, you get access to all the classes, the current ones. And in the alchemist, the extra is that you also get to submit your dream to the platform and then members and myself will comment. And it's a way to offer people ongoing support with dreams. So if you have a weird dream tonight and you're like, I can't get it out of my head and you can post it and then you get immediately some help with it, some notes to just, you know, it's not about interpreting someone's dream, but more like, hey, here are some hints. Have you thought about this? I'm noticing this pattern. And then it can help someone see it a bit differently. Yeah, it's it's such an invaluable resource to have a collective come together to offer insights. Because even if there's a deeply personal layer to someone's dream material, uh, if we pierce into the root or the core, there's always going to be an archetypal center to that. And that's really what others can often speak to unless they have a lot of that personal context. So when you come into Dream Work Circle and you read someone's dream and you start associating that maybe to, um, you know, where you've seen those themes before, um, it can unlock something in another person. And that's what I find by speaking with others about their dream. You know, I can't look into their mind and know all of the details of their personal history, but there's something about circumambulating the archetypal root and offering those different angles, because it's so multifaceted, that just has this way of shifting things for a person. Because I think especially for individuals who are trying to work with their dreams, it can get really muddy. It can get kind of confusing. It can be hard to step outside of yourself, um, hard to separate the personal aspect or the charged emotional dynamics that might be present. And really having other people mirror back to you what they see um, can open that space and really give you more uh, to work with and create some of those aha moments. Absolutely, because even Jung himself said, right, that he wished yeah. he had another Jung to help him with his <laughs> dreams. And it's so hard to analyze your own dreams. I yeah. find it hard to work with yeah. mine because ultimately it is unconscious content. So if mm -hmm. I'm unconscious of it, <laughs> it's going to be quite hard to snap out of my rigid consciousness to see that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why the community aspect is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to further emphasize this point of what you're talking about, you know, our dream material is um, laden with the unconscious. And we might say it kind of stands on a threshold or a border point because it is rising enough into consciousness to manifest these images and dream narratives and things like that. But often what's coming up in dreams isn't fully accessed in the conscious standpoint. And so it is difficult to approach our dream material with openness with a sense of uh, objectivity, things like that. It's it's increasingly difficult. And I think if you're consistent and you're steadfast in your approach to personal dream work, you can get there. But there's something about coming together collectively and allowing 
um, other points of view to enrich your own personal dream work experience. And I think also just viewing others working through dreams um, is something that can help shift one's own personal practice and help you start to approach this really shadowy material um, with a little bit more of a sense of awareness. Absolutely. And especially if sometimes, like you're saying, sometimes there, there's shadow coming up in dreams related to what we're going to talk about. And my ego will naturally struggle to accept that because it might yeah. make me feel ashamed of myself mm-hmm. or parts mm-hmm. of myself. And I'll interpret that dream in, in a way, I think Freud had this tendency to interpret his dreams in really interesting ways that avoided any shadow material for himself. <laughs> no, 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 it's sexual. It's definitely not about me and my dad stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what I've seen in, in DreamWorks Circle, someone did have actually quite confronting dreams about some parts of herself that were, that she felt uh, ashamed of. Hmm. And it was really... I mean, I really commend this person because she was so brave to post that content in the community and to be held by the community. And then naturally that kind of shame dissipates and you're Mm. seen in your humanity because that's what shadow does. It's kind of, it's the point where you're like, oh, I'm human. This is something very human about me where I'm not perfect, but I'm an infallible, I'm a, I'm a fallible, sorry, person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Getting into that territory of the shadow is always difficult because there's something about ego or conscious standpoint that rejects it, um, wants to ignore it, uh, naturally is repressing it or, you know, uh, we we come upon it and we realize that we've been kind of stiff arming, kind of suppressing that material. And dreams, I think, offer this gentle approach to shadow. And I think that that's why working with dreams is so important to um, a real path of individuation and, and inner work because we can't always recognize just by even looking at our symptoms or our, you know, unhealthy patterns or things like that, or just asking ourselves, like, what do I need to work on? You know, there's still going to be layers <laughs> of, 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 of our own inner life and our own unconscious that we struggle to pull closer and closer to the surface. And when we begin to pay attention to dreams, the patterns, the recurring images, we we open that door to unconscious material and to parts of shadow that have been too difficult to look at. And I think that's what I'm really excited to explore with um, this month's circle is you know, what is the nature of the shadow and how does it manifest in dreams? And, you know, are we kind of always in the shadow realm when we're dealing with dreams because we're dealing with the unconscious? Like, how do we approach something that naturally um, is an antagonist to the conscious standpoint? Um, and I'm, I'm curious if you think, you know, does the the topic of the shadow really stand out as a really pivotal one um, in the DreamWorks Circle um, sort of education that you're giving? Um, or how does the themes of the shadow and how, how those appear in dreams really sit with you? And, and maybe what are some of the main points that you're hoping we touch upon um, in our DreamWorks Circle? Oh, wow. All of that. I mean, I'm so excited that you're doing this, that you're going to be teaching this because I think you're the perfect person to do it. Thank you. And you're you're completely right. I think the shadow is so essential because it's so nuanced. And 
I remember when I started reading about the shadow, I had this very simple idea of it. Oh, it's just what I'm not and what I don't like about myself. Mm. And in Mm. fact, if I look at my experience of those transpersonal experiences, and for me, my encounter with the shadow was actually my encounter with the bright side of me that was suppressed. So, you know, I just didn't like the good parts of me. (laughs) And that's what I had to confront and integrate. And I think, you know, it's just, helping people understand that the shadow well the shadow is inner gold and there there's so much value in integrating it and but all these little nuances of it um that we can learn to hold yeah yeah and it's it's difficult and i think it's okay initially to have these simple ideas and understandings i think when we're dealing with aspects of the psyche that are so complex it reveals itself in layers and if we try to just take in the complexity at once it can be pretty overwhelming so allowing there to be stages in our understanding of something as complex as the shadow or continuing to be curious about it so that we transcend past that initial uh simplified uh kind of like low resolution understanding of like it's just the things i don't like about myself right it's just like negative qualities (laughs) that's that's what i read on instagram it's like okay maybe that maybe that's the spark of curiosity right and i think that those sparks are really wonderful starting points to go deeper and deeper and then if there is that sense of wanting to deepen that journey and wanting to continue you start to realize that there's there's gold in the shadow, right? Or that there are parts of myself that are powerful and creative and abundant that I just haven't had the capacity to own and integrate into self. Um, And then we start to realize like kind of everything underneath the surface is shadow and like what's going on. And (laughs) there's all these layers, right? And I think that's what's really fun, especially about Jung's work. It's so deep. It's so multi-layered. You know, we could look at so many different aspects of his psychology and his theories and see how they pierce deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, but the shadow is, I think, will become one of the most popular, well-known, the idea of shadow work um, and continuing that conversation, how it applies in dreams and how we can understand it in um, a deeper way is wonderful. And I'm excited um, to bring that lesson into uh, this month's circle. And um, I think it'd be wonderful to get a little bit of clarity. So once we do that class and offer this workshop on the shadow, there's going to be a practice circle, right? A couple of weeks after Mm -hmm. that. So whenever you guys do a practice circle is the idea that any dreams can be brought in. Do you guys try to link back to some of the themes from the previous workshop a few weeks ago? What what does the practice circle usually look like? Yeah. So we try to, we try to link to the previous theme at the same time, if there is a dream that's very alive and you know, those dreams that have a lot of energy in them, we make space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel like most, in most dreams, you can find an element of shadow. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So I, I think with this theme, we're safe. Um, and, you know, even for themes like alchemy, I think a lot of dreams are alchemical oh, yeah. uh, and you can analyze through that perspective. And what I'm trying to do with the DreamWorks circle is that every kind of class that happens every month adds just another layer of understanding and another layer of understanding. Um, so this I'm hoping for the shadow class that we're doing together to just you know, offer another lens into things, but ultimately we're retreating it through all the perspectives and everything that people attending have been learning so far. 
Yeah. Um, this is great because I think it, it brings a slow learning, um, that allows people to integrate the lessons. And, you know, yeah. sometimes we can speed through all these different ideas. Like you could pick up a book on dreams and read about all of those topics, but slowing down the process and really trying to identify where these themes show up personally or hearing about it, um, collectively by other people sharing in the circle, I think makes it more real. It really takes it out of that intellectual space and into an embodied practical experience, which I think is where true integration really begins to happen. I think that's what I really um, admire and value about what you're doing with DreamWork Circle is this isn't just a one-off experience. It isn't just even a couple week course. It is the opportunity to, to be invited into a container that continues month after month, and it will only build on itself and grow um, and enrich everybody's experience. And I think that's such a rare opportunity to actually have um, in our current time where it's hard to find resources of other individuals who are walking that path as well and are consistent and curious. So this really creates that um, container for people to continue to return to and grow with. Um, and I'm definitely excited to be a part of it. <laughs> Thank you. And I, you know, I think it's like how we analyze a dream is we circumambulate the dream, right? We go round and round and round it and we discover more. And what I found with dream work, I go back to the same books and I read them over and over again and I learn more. And the purpose of dream work circle is that you're there month after month and you hear the same things. I repeat a lot of information when I talk about something because sometimes something sticks and like, oh yeah, that's what, you know, negredo means and ta da da. I get it now. Um, and this is how we learn in that embodied way. So thank you. You explained it so beautifully. You articulated it so well. <laughs> thank you. Um, so just to remind everybody, uh, Sunday, August 20th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, that will be the Shadow Dream Work Circle. You can join us um, at the two higher tiers. So make sure mm -hmm. that you sign up for those to be able to join the class. Um, and once you do, you also get gain entrance into the continuous community of Dream Work Circle. Um, Maria, is there anything else you'd like to share before we close out? I'm just looking forward to meeting new people in it. I think, you know, once you once you sign up to those two tiers, you indeed get access to all the previous classes. So if you sign up now, you have time to review everything that's been done so far and really explore the knowledge that's there. And then we'll have the class together, obviously, and that's great. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what people think about it and what dreams come up. I will be very curious to see what dreams come up before and after our class, even mm -hmm. for ourselves. Yes. Yes, I'm definitely keeping an eye out for dreams around that time. Um, and I invite others listening to maybe pay attention to their dreams after listening to this conversation. It's fascinating what can happen just from uh, something you read or hearing people talk about these aspects that seem to stir the unconscious aspects in yourself. So, you know, mm -hmm. watch your dreams, write it down and maybe come and join us at this month's DreamWork Circle to chat about it. Thank you, Maria, for being here today and sharing about your dream work circle. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I look forward to our class. Yes. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys at dream work circle on August 20th. Thanks. Bye. Bye.